Welcome to Rinkwise, New England Hockey Journal's podcast for serious hockey players and their supporters to help further their development and navigate their way throughout their hockey careers. I'm your new host, Stephanie Wood. We're so fortunate today to be joined by the wonderful Madigan family, first father-daughter duo here in studio. Jim Madigan is currently the athletics director of Northeastern University, former head men's hockey coach of Northeastern, and former NU men's hockey player. He has also worked extensively in professional sports, specifically the NHL. Daughter Kate Madigan was recently promoted to assistant general manager of the NHL New Jersey Devils and is also a former Division I Northeastern track and field star. Guys, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us, Stephanie. Thank you. Really excited to be here. So, Kate, first off, congratulations on your recent promotion to Assistant General Manager. Thank you. It's, it's been an honor. This last couple of months has been really exciting. And so, as we said, first father-daughter uh, duo here in studio. How special is it to be sitting next to your father, who I'm sure has been a wonderful mentor for you throughout the years? It's been fun. I've, I've done some media over the last couple of months, and I always call him after. I think I answered this well. I'm not sure about this. So it's, it's fun. I'll get live feedback on the way home to dinner tonight. So it's nice doing it with him. You know, it's, it's always fun to kind of go back and, um, you know, talk a little bit about the upbringing and, and what have you. So, you know, obviously your family, your entire family has a strong presence in sports, strong presence in hockey. So let's let's start with that. So how did this all kind of come about? What was the, your upbringing like? Yeah, always around the rink 24-7. A lot of Northeastern games. I vividly remember watching players like Leon Hayward and Jimmy Fahey when I was very young, always in Matthews Arena, running to get M&Ms. I just loved being at that rink specifically. And then when my dad was a scout for the Islanders and the Penguins, we would go on scout trips, which I realized was probably a vacation for my mom now because we were with my dad for the weekend. But we would go to Lake Placid and I would I'd be like, oh, this is so fun. Dad's like, well, I'm working. I'm like, this is work. <laughs> Mom's a dental hygienist. That seems a little more taxing. And so for me, it was just seeing at the beginning the camaraderie, the team environment that you can have fun at work. And that's kind of really where the passion started, seeing him during his scouting days and growing up around the rink. And then that translated into college when when he was the head coach of the men's Northeastern team, my sister, mom, and I went to every single game. So we just love the sport, really. Jim, did you envision that for your daughter, that she would end up in hockey like you did? You know, I didn't. And Stephanie, part of it was that, you know, the girls were very active growing up, both our oldest daughter, Kelly and Kate, and they're two years apart. And you know, they spent a lot of time in the rinks. And as Kate just talked about, coming to Northeastern hockey games and events, but they also were competitive figure skaters. So they were in the rink from age six and eight years of age, right up until 18 before they you know, attended, both attended Northeastern. So they were in the rink a lot, but they were doing a lot of figure skating. And um, they were they understood the game. They came to the, the, the hockey games. They watched a lot of hockey on TV, but their passion was, you know, their active passion was was participating in, in you know in the figure skating and they were very good at it and competed at you know in, in competition so I didn't see it coming from Kate um always inquisitive um both of them were about the game and 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 knowledge you know current knowledge and on-hand knowledge of what was what was taking place with the game itself at the collegiate level and then you know when I was at the professional level um you know their interest ended up being you know whoever I was scouting with I was with the Islanders for 13 years and then with Pittsburgh for five and certainly with Pittsburgh, 
um, you know, the interest increased and enhanced itself, their interest, because our, our team was good. Uh, we had a guy named uh, Crosby who was pretty good and a guy named Malkin. And, you know, in my third year there with Pittsburgh, we won the Stanley Cup and uh, the, the organization did. And I was fortunate to participate in that. And then we had the Stanley Cup, you know, just around the corner where we live here in Milton at our house for one full day. So the girls have been exposed to a lot, um, but didn't see it coming the way, you know, the way it happened for Kate. That's great. Yeah. Crosby, Malkin, I think we've, we've heard of them. So, uh, small names, definitely. So really cool experience to get to see that. And, um, oftentimes I think that's great. So Kate, you were actually a rink rat. Yes. (laughs) And, um, you know, just by, um, seeing that your whole life, really, it kind of sounds like by the time you started this path yourself, you already had a really good understanding of how this whole process worked. Yeah, and I, I saw it from the scouting side, which I think is a very important side. But seeing from early on how much work goes into it, whether it's the draft or other areas, and learning the different... Uh, we were fortunate, I was also to connect with some of my dad's networks at that point when he was with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Seeing the other areas from a young age, what goes into it, whether it's the salary cap, pro scouting, player development, things of that nature. So it was great that I was a rink rat in the sense that I was always at the rink. It was different than one may think. But I think seeing that from a young level helped me grow to understand what I need to do to be successful in this game. And I was fortunate the Pittsburgh Penguins were an amazing team, Stanley Cup champs. And to see what success looks like made me want to strive to to get there one day. Walk us through it a little bit. So as we said, strong Northeastern connection with your family. I also happen to be a Northeastern alum, just saying. (laughs) So we have a whole (laughs) studio full of Huskies up here, but... Um, so you were division one track and field, and that should say a lot, as we know, just with athletes, just very driven and used to time management, et cetera. Um, so after you graduated from Northeastern, how did this all proceed from there? Yeah, certainly wasn't a straight line. So I have a master's in accounting, a minor in French, so nothing sports management. I went for a big four company. I worked at Deloitte and Touche for two, two and a half years. I think they're Deloitte now. And I was in public accounting for a while. And I was taking the CPA and in the back of my head, I, I always knew I wanted to get into hockey. But five years ago, six years ago, there wasn't a pipeline like there is now. And, and still, we need to continue to grow that pipeline. But I didn't know how to get in. I didn't know where. I didn't know if I fit. I'm a female who's never played hockey. Like, do I actually fit in the NHL? And so I had some of those questions. And I, I networked like a lot of people do right now and learned. And I was fortunate to get a foot in the door. And I think that's really the hardest thing when getting into any sports league, whether AHL, NHL, college. It's just getting that opportunity. So I was fortunate enough to get that five years ago kind of put my toe in and then I just kept cranking it open from there. So a a little bit of a different path that I I come from the business world, but a lot of transferable skills I've seen, whether it's through track, not playing hockey. I always thought that was a negative, but I've, I've taken positives from these experiences and put it towards the devils. That's great. And I think that's uh, incredibly, uh, you know, wonderful for, for our listeners to, to hear that, that, you know, you do have a very uh, diverse background, you know, accounting, French, uh, but I think you, you hit on a key word, and that's networking, and uh, as we spoke just before the, the show started, your father, back in my day, actually helped <laughs> me a lot. You know, You're when aging I was, him, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> aging myself, too. <laughs> uh, but, you know, when I was getting ready to graduate, he helped me. You know, he helped me kind of um, 
network and, and, and land some internships and et cetera. And Jim, how important is networking in uh, business and in the sports world? You know, I think you can pick any industry, uh, Stephanie, and it's extremely important. You know, I spent some time on Northeastern in different, you know, different capacities. And when I was in the uh, DeMore McKim School of Business, when I would speak to our business students, I would say, hey, networking, it's the key to your success. And you network, you're not networking for a job, you're networking to build your your pipeline, your relationships. And, you know, in this world and in, in society, it's about relationship building, how you treat people. And uh, the stronger your network, the more opportunities are going to be presented to you. Um, and through that networking, you know, Kate has, has done a great job. Our oldest daughter, Kelly, has also. But from from Kate's perspective, you know, that networking, and she talked about how she entered into the professional in the NHL, was through Ray Shiro uh, initially. And Ray was a general manager of New Jersey. Uh, I'd worked for Ray at, it, with the Pittsburgh Penguins, and the Shiro's were a close family, but also with New Jersey at the time was Tommy Fitzgerald, who was the assistant general manager back then, now the GM, and some other folks. And, you know, through relationships Relationships and you know, Kate got to know Ray, and she, on her own, took that next step forward without my involvement or engagement, and, and approached Ray. And you know, Ray knew of her, and but it was through the networks that and the networking that uh, you know you do that leads to successful uh, opportunities. And um, you know, the when I'm talking, as I said, when I'm talking to our, our current student athletes now, before it was at the Warren became school of business, we spend a lot of time on networking and, you know, everyone has a different feel for networking and what it is. And it's, it's, you know, it's putting yourself out there a little bit, but it's also staying in touch with people and not just calling people when you need something, right. Sure. It's building the relationships over, over time. And then the, the more extensive network you have, the, you know, as I said, the more successful you're going to have. And, but also the more you're able to help other people too. And, and that's, what what it's all about that's great and i think uh wonderful advice is you know just taking the first step and putting yourself out there and uh you know i think as you hit on it your communication is really important and and staying in touch with people uh and kate so with your networking who do you think have been some of your very impactful of course you know besides your your father um you know people that have played a big role in that for you I'd say networking, my dad touched upon it, would be Ray Shearer, first and foremost, really giving me that first opportunity. There's been others along the way. Um, our previous president, Hugh Weber, at, at the New Jersey Devils and HBSC, Tom Fitzgerald, just opening up. I think it's also big when, when you're in a room. It's, hey, have you met Kate? And then, and then you start a conversation through there. So it's not just online or on the phone, but when you're surrounded by other people, making sure people do introduce you. I think that's a big, a big step. I'd also say through networking, I'm trying to think, obviously my dad, I would say to Megan Duggan most recently, um, she is someone who works for us at the Devils, but is just a wealth of knowledge. So whether it's me picking her, her brain on ideas or how can we continue to drive the diversity platform or the Women's Sports Foundation, things of that nature, branching outside of network, not just hockey, but for the community, for the bigger agenda of items. So I'd say she's been a big one for me the last year, really helping me to get those connections and, and learn from other people. That's awesome. And uh, Jim, I think I heard in there too that you were right. So as her father, you were you were right all along. I don't hear that that often. <laughs> I think I heard that. So, some days. <laughs> we'll give it to him today. So let's uh, look at, again, your, your role with the Devils. And, uh, you, you know, you have a pretty big-time role there. And, uh, again, I think that's, that's incredible. And 
looking at someone's success path, often sometimes people just look at the tip of the iceberg, if you will, and that's the success. So you have a big role, but oftentimes they don't see or they don't know the big chunk of the iceberg that's under the water, you know, and everything that it took to get there, you know, the, the long hours in the office, in the office late at night, they're early in the morning, you know, so let's maybe talk about a little bit your path to getting the role that you currently have. Yeah, so I, I started in amateur scouting operations just briefly, was there for about a year and a half. And as soon as I was there, we had a little bit of change in our departments. And so more responsibility became available and needed some assistance in the analytics side. This was five years ago. So it wasn't analytics to what it is to this caliber. So I I jumped in there, started working a little bit with the coaches. So for me, that was just gaining responsibility, exposure, getting comfortable. Then I went to the pro scouting operation side. So really dealing for about a year and a half on all the information, working with the scouts, trades, free agency, things of that nature, waiver wires, and then about a year and a half ago, I got promoted again to executive director of hockey management and operations. It's like 10 words, long title. And that was a little bit of everything. So being the eyes and ears, Tom Fitzgerald and I work extremely well together. We we balance each other out. He's someone who he played here, but he's played in a lot of different places, a thousand NHL games. And I come from a different background. I come from the business world. And so we really challenge and work together, different opinions and and push each other. And so I was his quote-unquote right hand for a while, he can only be one place. So if he can't be in a certain meeting or he, we need to work on injuries or lineups, I'm kind of floating around with him tackling a lot of things. So the last year and a half, I, I really gained a lot of exposure and experience that way. And then taking this next step, it's like, okay, now it's making decisions, executing power, and finishing things off versus just getting it to that line. So for me, a lot of, a lot of different jobs that have helped me to get to where I am. You laid out a lot of stuff there. And it's interesting. I recently read an article where it was describing business and athletes. And a lot of the characteristics I feel like you just described are those of a competitive athlete, which you were and (laughs) how that applies to business. Jim, how do you, how do you see that? You know, all these characteristics that your daughter, she works hard. She, she's her time management driven, you know, how do you see that playing in a business? So, you, you know, you, you touched upon it just a, a few seconds ago about the tip of the iceberg and, and the bottom, and everyone only sees, you know, it's like in playing a game, you only see the game. You don't see all the hard work that goes into practice all week long and the, the off-season practices and the off-season, you know, training. And, you know, for Kate, she's she's put a lot of time into it and has, has worked extremely hard to get to where she's gotten. And I spoke about the importance of networking. The other the other important part of it is, is the mentoring uh, component. And mentoring is a big part of, of success in business too. And, you know, Kate's been fortunate to have been, had some great mentors at the professional level at Deloitte. Uh, when she first started and then the NHL we talked about Ray but and, and Tommy Fitzgerald those two particularly Tommy the last you know t- two and a half years has been a tremendous asset for Kate in helping her grow and develop in the game and then it's it comes from the devil's organization Harris Blitzer Sports Entertainment the two principals you know um, Josh Harris and David Blitzer are run organizations they own you know the 76ers also run organizations that are inclusive 
and promote inclusive inclusivity and diversity and equity and provide opportunities for all types of employees and you're just looking for people who can help their organization and contribute to their organization in a positive way. And so Kate's been fortunate to be in the right spot also with mentors and with with an organization with a culture of an organization that provides you know inclusivity. Um, and the business part of that is is really important in terms of you know gaining uh, the experience that she's been able to gain and then you know equate it into business and you know I think the hockey business now is ready to um, take on people with non-traditional backgrounds right and that doesn't mean just females but people who might not have played the game who are in the analytics part of it or uh, come from a different industry who can help on an organizational structure Um, and so that's been good for the game and it's 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 growing organizations and it's growing the game. And I think I missed the first part of your question, so I'll jump in a little after my dad. We call him Mad Dog, so I may refer to him <laughs> as that. Um, I think it's also, you talked about, we talk a lot about about the Devils, but in general about being committed. So you, you do have to sacrifice a lot to be in any career that's not a typical 9 to 5. It's hours, it's weekends, it's holidays, it's... I love my friends and family in Boston, but have to move to Jersey. That's where the job is. So a lot is, is sacrificed because you love your job and you believe in what you're trying to do, as, as I do in the Devils and the vision we have, not just on the ice, off the ice, with the community, with the different areas. So it's really about being committed. That is as some of the things that sometimes you see in the media, the coach or the GM, and it's it looks like a glorious job, which it can be, but it's also getting in at 3 a.m. after a trip home from Arizona and then back at the rink at 8 on a back-to-back and working on Thanksgiving, eating hot dogs in Montreal, um, those glorious aspects. So it's it's about being committed to, and, and that's really what, what helps drive, drive me is, is what we're trying to do. New England Hockey Journal's RinkWise podcast will return after this. Catch the Sacred Heart University Pioneers on the ice this season. The Pioneers Division I men and women's hockey programs will not disappoint. Season ticket packages and individual tickets are on sale now at sacredheartpioneers.com. And opening in 2023, Sacred Heart University's Martiri Family Arena, a brand new 122,000 square foot premier skating facility in Fairfield, Connecticut. Learn more at sacredheartpioneers.com. Listen, everyone. I want to let you know about a great team that is training the next generation of hockey players. It's Bando Performance. Their experts work with hockey players at all levels, from youngsters to Olympians right on up to the pros. And I'm going to tell you how to get a great deal with them in just a sec. Bando Performance's small classes ensure the best odds for success for athletes looking to increase power and performance as well as their nutrition and health. It has the same high-tech equipment you'll find in NHL weight rooms that hockey players use to increase their strength, speed, and power. I told you I could save you some money on this, so listen up. Go to bando-performance.com and pick a training program that's right for you. And this is the good part. For RinkWise listeners, use the discount code BANDO30OFF to get a 30% discount. That's bando-performance.com with the code BANDO30OFF and see your performance improve immediately. So success certainly doesn't just happen. It doesn't happen by accident. Correct. Correct. Putting the time and the effort in, but, you know, if you have a vision and you have a goal, it's just simply putting your head down, working hard, and going for it. 
Yep. And I agree with you. And, you know, when I was with, you know, a different, another organization, the Penguins, I mean, there was, when we were there, we, there was a theme that we wanted to make sure from the scouts that was transcended down to the scouts was that we want our future players to have, you know, three characteristics, accountability, work ethic, and passion, right? And those three elements are characteristics of success, right? You, you need to be hardworking. You have to have passion and believe in what you're doing and then being accountable, right? And you can be accountable to many different stakeholders. Um, but if you have, and it's something I took over, brought over with us to the to Northeastern Hockey, if you have those three elements, I think that leads to success. And it, it's commitment, it's vision, it's uh, you know, determination, but those three elements r- rise up to the top for me and lead to most of the time to success. That's that's great advice, and uh, I think as starting early in my career, someone once said, you know, the, one of the, the keys to being really happy with your career is if you can combine, you know, business with your passion. Right. Being Correct. passionate about what you do, and uh, I think it's really refreshing to see really both of you that are just so passionate about your work and, and everything that you've done. Jim, you touched on we're seeing a little bit more of diversity in the workplace. And I'd like to even interchange the words, different perspective in the workplace. So currently you are in charge of a very competitive division one athletics program. Prior to that, uh, as the head coach of of Northeastern men's hockey, taking that team to to new heights that they haven't seen in years, hockey East championship, Beanpot championship, uh, Hobie Baker winner. You know, how do you feel now as kind of the leader of Northeastern athletics how it's very beneficial to have different perspectives on your team yeah, working there. And you're absolutely right. And, you know, I'm fortunate to have a, a real good team at Northeastern at, at, in the athletic department with a, a level of uh, four executive, you know, senior um, members of our team and then another layer of associate athletic directors and then wonderful group of directors and, and managers. And, you know, I'm also fortunate to work at an institution like Northeastern that encourages different perspectives and viewpoints and opinions and thoughts and that comes right from our president uh, president joseph ayun and it transcends through all our departments and uh, and for me specifically within athletics um, my route was wasn't a straight path either from where i was into the athletic director's role it was more of a circuitous route um, you know and i can look at my career i went from assistant hockey coach into athletic facilities and then into athletic development and the business school, associate dean of the business school, excuse me, the DeMore McKim School of Business. And then, you know, coaching, I hadn't coached in 18 years and I'm back into coaching and then leaving coaching, going into the athletic director's role. And it is about the experiences I was able to gain along the route have helped me you know, and have helped me with this role. And having different perspectives is really important. So, uh, and having various people providing those perspectives in today's society is, is even that much more important. So, um, you know, you can't be just looking at things linear. You can't be just, you've got to have a long, you know, a larger, um, broader view on things and, uh, having perspective, uh, helps you make more informed decisions. Um, that what, what is what's, what's best for, whether it be the department, whether it be for individuals, uh, for teams or whatnot within the department. So I'm fortunate that we have a diverse 
community at Northeastern, a diverse department at Northeastern that I can pull on and bring in people's perspectives and thoughts and opinions that helps guide us uh, in the right direction, providing what ultimately is the best student-athlete experience for our student-athletes at Northeastern. Sounds like a wonderful recipe for success. I think not just for an athletics program, but any business. Uh, And Kate, so what are some of the traits or characteristics that you felt were unique and uh, different that you brought to the Devils organization? Yeah, I think at the beginning, a lot of it was using what I thought was weaknesses as opportunities to learn and challenge. So never playing the game, I always thought it was a bad thing. But then I would ask certain questions like, why are we doing it this way? And I think sometimes it's you always do what you always done. It's like, oh, well, should we reevaluate it? And I'd be like, Or we did this process at Deloitte for employee reviews. Do we do something like that here? Or just little things. The business side, I think there's a lot that can translate into sports that does. So a lot of that, I would just, I had a questioning mind because I was learning, but I would also see if there was a better way, a different way to do it. And and that's as we talk about the different perspective. I had a different perspective growing up, watching it from a 3,000-foot level versus being ingrained in it as some of our management team or coaches who have been in it every day for so long, you kind of get into that routine. So a lot of what I came in with was a questioning mindset, a learning mindset, but also like just trying to understand. And it wasn't pushing the envelope, but it was seeing where, where we could be better in certain areas. You know, and at Northeastern, we're always encouraging and trying to bring in diff- people from different areas, right, different backgrounds, so that the organization can grow. If you have the same people with the same focus and same philosophy all the time, the organization never grows, right? You you want to get deeper and you want to get broader. Uh, and it's it's helped us out significantly at Northeastern Athletics where we've been able to attract uh, that, you know, different people with different backgrounds, different perspectives, um, and we've grown because of it. And then ultimately, the department and the student-athletes benefit the most. Well, you certainly have my vote, and uh, not to sound biased as a, an alumni, but no, just <laughs> just kidding. But um, Kate, so still in the height of your career, and I'm I'm sure that there are plenty of uh, new mountains that you're going to conquer along the way. But um, did you ever sort of envision yourself starting out as being a bit of a pioneer? So you, as we're seeing, uh, females are becoming much more involved in professional sports and not just involved but involved with significant positions such as yourself uh did you ever envision that when you first started out I don't think at the beginning no I was kind of like let me go this is different than Deloitte let me kind of see if I like this type of industry career culture and I did right away fell in love with it I don't think it was until like a year year and a half in that I really started to believe in myself I was kind of just okay, this is cool, this is fun, and then it's like, oh, I can really do this. I think for me, it was, I needed to find my voice and my confidence. I didn't have that a lot at the beginning, and some of it is from positive reinforcement, right? So I remember my dad called maybe a year and a half in, and he was like, I just got off the phone with, I forget who was, a scout, who said, you've been doing great things, and like, you've got a career in this industry, and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, really? They said that about me? Like, I thought I was just doing an okay job. Like, I knew I wasn't getting fired, but didn't think I was that great. So I think sometimes when you hear it from people outside, it makes you believe in yourself a little bit more. Sure. Um, So for me, it was about a year and a half in and and gaining more responsibilities and and hearing things from others like, hey, could we pick your brain on this? And I'd be like, sure. Like, at first, it, it seemed a little surreal. Like, 
who am I? You're coming to me. And I needed to believe in myself a little bit more, but I didn't see it right away. It probably took a year and a half, two years to say, okay, like I I do think I can actually do this before. I wasn't sure I was going to give it a try, but I started believing in myself. And I think when you believe in yourself, you actually, it's easier for you to do some work. You're not questioning. You're not double guessing every single thing you do. Am I overstepping? Am I understepping? Should I speak up? Should I have to be in the meeting? Um, things of that nature. So for me, once I kind of gained that confidence is when it really opened the door for, for future, uh, allowing me to get to AGM position. Well, that's, that's great. And, uh, you know, as we said, the, uh, the goal is hopefully, you know, it takes people like you, but the goal is, you know, five, 10 years from now, this isn't new news. I agree. And I think a lot of it is not spending, 30 years till there's an AGM, even baseball, Kim Ng, who's the next one or things of that nature. I know right now there's multiple female AGMs in the NHL, but soon hopefully there's a coach. I think it's just continuing because even though there's five, there's been six, it's still the minority in the population. So continuing to build the pipeline from a young age because you don't have just people come in. You kind of have to give those opportunities. And I think you're seeing it in all the professional sport leagues now, right? I mean, in, in the NFL, MLB, um, NHL, obviously, uh, the NBA, you're seeing opportunities now f- that women are getting that never had before. And it's not going to be the anomaly anymore. And so now it's going to be how do we continue growing? grow? And it's going to be, we talked about networking. It's going to be up to women now to continue networking amongst themselves too and promoting each other. And as you know, within any organization, the, the more women are at a higher level, the more opportunity they have to enhance and bring in uh, you know, women in, in different roles within the organization. And then that helps you know, grow the, the sport with having more female representation and at the same time gives that perspective that we talked about, right? And which is so important. So you have a balance in all the organizations. You know, Kate, again, as I said, I, I feel like this is uh, probably just the beginning. I'm sure we'll, we'll see plenty of you, but, you know, is there anything that you want to conquer or foresee yourself maybe doing down the road? Um, yeah, I'd like to win a Stanley Cup. <laughs> Multiple. I'd like to bring it back to Milton here. More than your dad? Yes. Oh, and I want my name on the cup. I'm like, I got to beat him. He, he got it at 40 something. So I was like, I got to get it before his age. It's always a friendly Madigan competition. Um, yeah, I want to keep excelling at my job. I want to keep pushing the boundaries to be better on the ice and off the ice personally, professionally. So for me, it's it's doing all the right things, staying committed to the details to win those Stanley Cups for our community, uh, for our fans. And and I'm never driven by titles. So for me, it's just the opportunities will come with the work you put in and, and we'll go from there. And I think you answered this already, but the, the glaring question, they still call your dad the mad dog. Oh, he still? hates it. <laughs> sorry, it's now team dog after all these years. Stephanie. Oh, no, no, no. It's mad dog. <laughs> You know, the only thing I, I want to say is, you know, the day that um, Kate was announced as the AGM in, in Montreal was the day before the NHL draft. And uh, I went up to the NHL draft. Kate had given me the heads up that, you know, that, that the announcement was probably going to be made up there. And Northeastern had seven, you know, incoming players and current players who were going to be uh, drafted. And so Coach Keefe went up and I went up and uh, they had a dinner and, and they made the announcement at the dinner there. Uh, and it was symbolic because I grew up in Montreal. So here we are in Montreal. Um, 
and she's being named an AGM. I I was born in a hospital probably a mile away from downtown. Well, it was in downtown Montreal. I grew up, you know, less than three or four miles. My dad grew up in the area and played his old played his hockey in the old old Montreal Forum. And so here, the the symbolism is that everything you know, good things happen to the Madigan families right in that Montreal core. And so she was named the AGM. And you know, I grew up in that right in that area. And my dad was there, and all her hockey was right there. So it was it was neat unique and, and neat for me and, and my dad that uh, when he called and he, my mom and dad live in Toronto now um, but to see you know Kate's accomplishments and announcement and knowing that there was a relationship to Montreal there's still maple leaves we're working on converting them but it's <laughs> taking a while I'd say with that the only other thing is um, fortunate enough for the community the family my mom my dad my sister you can't get anywhere without a support system and I think just having a support system and if you look deep enough I think a lot of people can find someone to rely on mentor things of that nature because in any job you need someone to talk to so I'd say I just like my support system has been awesome to help me uh, grow in this career so far and I know they'll continue to be my backbone that's great it's meant to be it sounds like all around. Well, with such a uh, incredible sports family, I think it was fitting that the first father-daughter duo here in studio was the Madigan family. So as you keep pushing the bar and raising it higher with, with sports. And uh, Kate, we certainly wish you nothing but the best in your career and your new role with the New Jersey Devils. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And I'll make sure I send a uh, Devil's jersey to put up here in Boston for you guys. That sounds great. And Jim, as always, thank you so much for all your perspective and insight. Appreciate you having me, Stephanie, and having both Kate and I here today. Thank you. That's great. I, certainly, this was a very inspiring uh, discussion. And uh, no question, I think you have uh, you know inspired a lot of young people that were probably listening today. So thank you both for being here. That does it for another edition of RinkWise. Our podcast is produced by Steve Safran. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at NE Hockey Journal. And subscribe online at newenglandhockeyjournal.com. I'm your host, Stephanie Wood. RinkWise is a Siemens Media Production.